So hi, Lucy. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Mayanne. Thank you for inviting me. My pleasure. Look, for those who don't know you, I would love for you to give us a bit of a, you know, a background story of when and why you started your consultancy firm. Um, so yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So I have always, in some shape or form, worked with agencies in a new business role. So I've been doing that for uh, about about 25 years, my sins. And then six years ago, I started uh, my consulting gunpowder. And I, I started that partly because I'd got to a certain age where I'd, I'd left, um, I'd been working for a large agency group. Um, it'd been a really full-on head of marketing role um uh there were lots of different agencies in the group we've been through uh lots of acquisitions and then that business was sold so i think by the time by the time i left there i had an opportunity to really think about what i wanted to do and i thought by that point i'd I'd met and worked with so many different agencies of all different shapes and sizes who all had challenges around new business and I, I honestly felt that there were there were so many um, consultancies that could offer them lead generation, but there weren't that many um, people that were a- able to go into agencies, particularly particularly smaller agencies, and offer them a different way to think about new business. So not thinking about new business as a as a fix or as a sticking plaster, but actually thinking about how they can really build new business and marketing into their business processes and best practice so that they've got sustainable growth. So I you know what what I witnessed before was this real kind of roller coaster of either revenue or new business success or even new business activity. It was all um, it was either all going really well or, or or suddenly there was a real problem and then there would be this knee-jerk reaction, right, we need to hire somebody, we need to get some new business in. And it didn't seem to be a very sustainable way um, of working. So so what I do now with Gunpowder is I work with agencies to really help them take more growth strategies. Yeah, that's that's really great. And I guess from your experience, what do you find stands in the way of most businesses when it you know when it comes to growth? Like what oh it it's time. It's, it's a, the big block is, is time. So, and a lot of that comes out. Or I'm, I'm starting to see that change now a little bit. But, but largely, the the, the model for agencies is um, it's all around billable time. So all of the agency's time is spent uh, on servicing clients. That's that's how they make money. So there's very little time to be spent on things that feel like they're a little bit further out. So new business and marketing, I think the reason why it, we, we have this knee-jerk reaction and um, to, to suddenly think, right, let's let's hire a new business person or outsource some lead generation is because that feels like it's going to add some revenue on the bottom line quickly. Uh, there doesn't, uh, I think naturally it's quite difficult for the business to be able to say actually let's build in some extra time 
to think about marketing a new business and it might not have a return immediately you know, but it's going to be a, a longer term payoff I think that's quite difficult when the, when the model is all around billable time yeah for sure and I guess in terms of growth what's your number one thing that you tell your clients to focus on in order to help them either find more time you know and 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 you know delegate you know their energy to new business really having a plan <laughs> really having a plan I think um and I, I I have to be careful when I say that because there's um the agencies that I meet they tend to either go one or two ways either there, there isn't a plan for new business and and for growth and marketing or they've gone the other way and uh they've gone into over planning and uh I don't know whether you've encountered this before but but where um, you get that kind of planning paralysis where too many people are involved, the process is taking too long, and what happens is the plan ends up being so big or so um, uh, uh, difficult and, and unachievable that then by the, by the time the plan's finally signed off, everybody's exhausted, they've lost interest. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and it's basically the last tune for it, right? Like the drive for it. <laughs> exactly, exactly that. So, um, so yeah. So that happens sometimes, but but the idea is is that they um, that there's some uh, there's there's a process in place to some lean planning to to really understand you know where the business is trying to get to, what is it that they're trying to do, what have they got to work with, and then figuring out a strategy and then putting together a lean plan and then starting. That's great. And so in terms of planning, is that what your new business um, bootcamp is about? Yes, yes, it is. And um, the bootcamp is primarily really for, for smaller agencies where there isn't the luxury of, of hiring someone just to focus on new business and marketing. Uh, so that's typically a, an agency that's up to 10 people um, and uh they're probably not at the point where the business can afford uh, a full-time um, person focusing on new business and marketing, and probably there isn't the budget to, to outsource it either. So it means that certainly the founders, um, but but really everybody in the business in some shape or form needs to be contributing to marketing new business. So it's really important that that those processes are built in and whether it's everybody just being really good at LinkedIn and being really professional and, um, and active on LinkedIn um, and making sure that, you know, the website's really user-friendly. There are some, there are some real um, basic things that agencies can just get in place just to make life easier for themselves and to make sure the clients can find them. Yeah, 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 no, absolutely. And you mentioned earlier how, you know, time is the biggest challenge. And I'd be interested to see what's your point of view or, you know, what would be your advice, I guess, for an experienced agency owner who, you know, is just not ready to delegate or get help. Um, how do they get out of that mindset? I think, yeah, I mean, I'm really interested in, in that growth mindset. And I think because it, it, it affects everything that you do. And I think going through the process of understanding where you need to be, usually the, the, the starting point is actually thinking about what do I want from this business? What do I, 
what does this business need to do for me as a founder? You know, it's something I've thought about certainly in the last year, uh, thinking, okay, well, you know, how many years am I going to be doing this for? And so what do I need my business to deliver for me? And that then enables you to start setting some objectives. And, and once you've got those objectives, it's then, it's then easier to kind of start back from there and think, okay, well, you know, if, if the business needs to deliver this for me in five years, and I'm not saying like you, you don't necessarily need to have a five-year plan, but you do need to think about actually where where you're heading. So you know, if there's a thought that actually you're, you're scaling this to sell, um, then that's important just to recognise that because that will affect everything that you do now. It'll affect the choices that you make around hiring. It will affect the work that you do or don't um, accept. Um, because you you'll you'll be needing to think about the, the the work that you win is that going to be delivering revenue is that going to be delivering profit is it going to be delivering a case study that's going to get you into a new a new area that will then attract new clients is it going to uh, are you going to need to hire different people so so um, starting with those objectives is is really important and I think then that really focuses the mind on okay if, if growth is the focus then then there's some really clear things that I need to do and I need to uh, find the time to do that yeah that completely makes sense and I guess once you've defined those objectives you know how do you help your client, I guess, in terms of tactics to find new clients? Do you find there are, you know, specific tools or specific ways of, of doing it, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's networking, conferences, etc.? Have you found that there are sort of tick, almost tick boxes that people need to go through in order to be successful with new business? I think um, the, the process that I go through with the clients is that we go through, uh, we start with an audit. So, the first part of that is is really understanding about about the objectives. But then once we've once we've nailed that, we then look in detail about actually what what the assets are in the business. And by assets, I mean the skills um, that the agency has in terms of their people and their uh, their particular the skills, their case studies. But, but but thinking about case studies in a way that we're thinking not just okay well we've got some experience in a particular sector but actually going a bit deeper than that and thinking what are the problems that we're solving clients so um and then you can start to find out where there are similarities or where there are themes so rather than thinking okay well it's just about um you know it's just about the automotive sector actually might maybe thinking well hang on a minute and in three of these case studies, they might be completely different sectors, actually, but the problem that we've solved is quite similar. So you can then start to package up those learnings um, in a way and, uh, and, and then target other businesses, perhaps in other sectors, who may have similar kinds of problems. So, so we start by really understanding what those assets are and then work out who the, the new audience is, who else has these problems, who else is going to find that case study or that problem that we solved really interesting, who, who's that going to resonate with, and then work out where they are. You know, are they at conferences? Are they interacting 
on LinkedIn? Are they um, are they the kind of people that are uh, you know? So this is a whole bunch of tactical tools, but I think the first part is really understanding um, understanding the assets, understanding what we've got to say, and then depending on our audience, working out which are the right channels and tactics to start engaging. But I but but it's worth saying that. I, going back to the growth mindset, I try to encourage my clients not to think in terms of sales, which sounds a bit counterintuitive, but what I'm trying to get them in the mindset where they're thinking about just broadening their network and moving more of the right people into their network. Um, and it's not about selling to them today. It's about starting a conversation. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think it's a lot about relationships. Exactly, exactly. And it is exactly that. It's about starting relationships. It's not about selling. And I think if you if you go into kind of new business with a selling mindset, then what tends to happen is, you know, you think of it as a, right, there's a list of people I want to talk to. And you go through and you're knocking on doors and you it's like, hi, this is what we do. Are you interested? Yes, no. Okay, move on to the next one. And it's very easy to burn through lists of, of, of prospects like that. And I think that the approach that I'm trying to encourage is is, um, is a little more subtle. It's about asking questions. It's about listening to people when they talk about their business and their challenges and thinking, I don't have to sell you something today, actually, but, but I just want to familiarize myself with your business and, uh, and, and let you understand a bit about what we do and then I'm just pulling you into my network. And then, I, it's, then it's up to me just to keep you informed and interested and engaged in what we're doing. So we can find, you know, the right time to work together. Yeah, that's great. And you mentioned, you know, as part of the audit, you know, focusing on the assets and looking at case studies and, you know, looking at similarities, you know, what are your thoughts about picking a niche for an agency? I mean, you know, most agencies tend to be sort of digital agencies in general. What are your thoughts on this? Okay, so I, um, I mean, I work with agencies across the spectrum. So, some really um, niche businesses, um, either in innovation or service design or across the, the mix. And um, some of them have a more uh, generic offer. Some of them are highly specialist. I think the more specialist you are, and uh, this is something I've talked at length with um, David C. Baker about. And uh, I don't know if you know David, but he wrote um, a brilliant book on the business of expertise. And he is a um, world-renowned expert in agency positioning. And one of the things that he talks about is that if you, you know, there are lots of agencies out there who are making money and aren't particularly well positioned you know they don't have a really defined positioning and and that's fine but if you become an expert in in a more narrow field if you're more specialist then what that does is it gives you the opportunity to increase your prices so it gives you that leverage that you can charge more and so suddenly it gets you from um it moves you from being one of a pool of many into somebody uh, 
and he, he uses an analogy about, um, you know, think about how long it would take your client to replace you. Um, the longer it would take them to refine, to find a replacement agency or consultancy to do the job you've been doing, the stronger your positioning is. So that's quite a nice way to, to think about it. Yeah, that's really, really interesting. I'd love to move into how you organize um, your consulting agency, actually. Um, I'd love to know more. Obviously, you know, we tend to think consultancy is a one one person show. So is that the case? And if not, how do you get organized to, I guess, grow the business yourself? Because that's also, you know, the nature of, of of business. <laughs> yes, exactly. But a really interesting question, actually, because um, uh, about 20 years ago, I had a recruitment consultancy. I used to recruit new business. And then in after 9-11, there was kind of mini recession. All of my clients who were agencies all had recruitment freezes, and that was not a good time to be a recruitment consultant and I had a couple of staff I had to make redundant, make redundant and I always said I wouldn't I wouldn't do that again so when I set up Gunpowder I was adamant that I didn't want to grow it into a consulting team but over six years um, it has grown so the, the, there's kind of three there's three different levels to this on the one hand there are a bunch of things that I don't do for clients. So I don't do any lead generation. I don't do PR for them. There are lots of specialist um, other services that I don't provide. And for that, I work with a, um, a broad range of um, partners and colleagues who I have worked with over the years who are very, very good at, for example, agency PR or at lead generation or at award entries, writing, you know, writing winning award entries for agencies, or um, uh, or specific uh, um, PPC or search skills um, or content writing. So there are um, there are lots of people like that that I work with that I recommend to my clients. Um, so I've got a lovely pool of people I can I can call on to do uh, to do those other things. Uh, the next level is that I um, I work with a brilliant uh, lady called Izzy Jarvis, and um, anyone that's listened to my podcast knows that Izzy produces the podcast. When she started um, working with me, uh, which is coming up to three years ago now, she was just supporting me on a kind of freelance basis, and, and she would do research for me when I was working on particular client projects either kind of researching uh, uh, competitor analysis as part of the audit or she would be um, researching um, uh, prospect uh, groups for clients. But over the years, um, she has, um, well, it was her idea for, for us to start the podcast and she very much runs the podcast. So I literally just rock up and interview somebody <laughs> and she does everything else um, and that works in a, in a really really fluid way so you know when we first started working together we would meet once a week uh, in that kind of two and a half years um Izzy's moved out of London she's had a baby um so uh she's been editing the uh the podcast during night feeds 
and it's just been really, really flexible. Um, I'm actually seeing her tomorrow. <laughs> We're having lunch tomorrow, um, and I haven't seen her since before Christmas. But it kind of doesn't matter. It's just a very flexible, remote arrangement, um, and, and it works really well um, for both of us. And we can we can literally flex around whatever we have going on, whether that's life commitments. Um, you know, it's unusual that we haven't seen each other for two months. Um, she's been moving house. I've been traveling. So. Uh, but yeah, we just we just make it work, um, which is great. And then there's a there's a third um, kind of level as well. So the back to my point about agencies working on billable time. For me, that's not always the most sustainable way to work. I'm a consultancy of one. Um, I can only sell my time once, and there are a number of uh, smaller agencies that I struggle to service in a, in a meaningful way you know, there's always a difficulty um being able to provide value um and not over servicing but still being able to provide value at a price point that's manageable for a small agency so that can be quite um quite tricky so i'm working with another colleague um uh, somebody that i've known for a long time and we are launching a new concept uh, later um, later in the spring this year, which is a new way for people to access the, um, the tools that we use. Um, and we're doing that as a separate joint venture. So uh, yeah, so it's, it's a new thing. Um, it's a new revenue model um, and that's really exciting. That's great. So I guess we'll know more in the spring then. Yeah. Yes, yes, watch this space. I can't say too much about it right now. It's really exciting. And it will be particularly relevant for, um, to start with at least, it will be particularly relevant for those um, small uh, small agency, uh, small agency founders who are struggling with that kind of roller coaster revenue uh, pipeline um, and, and just trying to get more of a handle on making life bearable around business. So yeah, yeah, later this spring. Yeah, that's great. And in terms of growing your own consultancy business, I guess, you know, it'd be great to know what has worked for you that you'd like to share with other agency owners. You know, I know you help others, but I guess you are in the same position where you need to grow your business. What has worked for you? I would say that I put in a lot of time I, I turn up to things, so if I get invited to things, I turn up. Um, I I go to, I actually, I probably don't go to networking events. If they're billed as networking, I probably won't go. Um, uh, but um, it, I'm in, I, I think being interested in people and interested in business is really helpful, and and because that means that I end up getting in conversations with people. And uh, I think by being interested in other people and other businesses, then you get into all kinds of conversations. And 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 referrals have just worked really well for me. I mean, I, I started a consultancy business without having um, a single client. And it was my, all of the business has come either through my network through um, a couple of uh, uh, trade associations. So I'm on the expert register with the Design Business Association. 
uh, and do a number of events for them, but largely just um, my network. And I think recognizing that referrals are really important and recognizing that your network is really important and you get out of it what you put into it. So if you if you spend time helping other people, giving up your time for other people, then generally it comes back in spades. So mm. that would be my advice. Yeah, that's really that's really great. And I guess um, I have a, a a bigger question actually for you is um, who were the biggest inspiration for your career? You know, you mentioned it's it's been you've been in business for 25 years from working from you know agencies to starting your own consultancy what is driving you to do all of that well uh, you know setting up the consultancy actually was um was almost a bit of a happy accident so i whether i was particularly driven to do it i just i just felt that i could help and i think ongoing the inspiration is probably, is probably my clients i mean I'm very lucky that the, the, the agencies that I get to meet are, are brilliant businesses and very talented people that, you know, whether they're pushing boundaries in creativity or in technology or innovation, they're all doing really interesting things. And every time I meet a new client, I'm, I'm learning something new about marketing or, or, or business or, so I'm learning from my clients all the time and, and I find them all really inspiring. And I think if, if, you know, if I can fix something in their business, you know, the fact that they're, they're working with me isn't because they're not brilliant business people. They are brilliant at what they do. It's just that because they're focusing on that, they haven't had time to get a handle on, on some of the, the, the kind of processes behind that to, to help them tell the world how brilliant they are so if I can just make their life a bit easier and and help them get some of that stuff sorted so they can focus on doing what they're brilliant at then um then yeah that's that's inspiring for me that's wonderful that's really great that you're still you know learning and being inspired by your clients because at the end of the day that's it's them that you're serving really so that's that's really wonderful and you know in in terms of learning i'd love to sort of finish um the podcast with with the question of what's been the most influential i guess book or podcast that you've you know uh would recommend to our audience that has inspired you or or you know, excited you recently. Mm, okay. So gosh, there are so many books. And, and, and again, because, because I have a podcast and I ask all of my guests on the podcast to recommend a book, I've got a really, really big pile of <laughs> great, great uh, business books and otherwise that I've been recommended. Um, and not all of them I've managed to get through. But so probably if I, if I just had to pick one, I would say Black Box Thinking by Matthew Syed. And I'm, I'm going to stick with that one because the, the real inspiration for my podcast, which is Small Spark Theory, is around marginal gains. And, and I'm really interested in how marginal gains can help agencies in terms of their new business and marketing efforts. Because, you know, if you, often if you think about, oh, we've got a, a whole new strategy and we've got a whole, we've got to come up with some, you know, really clever campaign, 
you know, it's too big to think about. So I try and get um, all of my clients to focus on actually let's break it down and think of all the things that you can just get a bit better at. You know, make your website a bit more user friendly. Make sure there's a, you know, there's not only a phone number and an email address or a contact form. There's a name of someone that they should talk to, or you know, just be a bit more active on LinkedIn. So we, we, we look at really breaking things down at, um, at a granular level and looking where we can make small improvements. And, and, and that works for agencies because they are so time poor. It helps them to be able to just um, think about things in, the, in that more manageable way. So black box thinking um, is Matthew Syed is a, or was a Olympic uh, table tennis player. He also worked with David Brailsford with the Sky Cycling team. So he knows a lot about marginal gains. And I read this book just about the time that we started um, the podcast. Um, and I found it really inspiring. And in particular, um, he's got a fantastic, uh, the name Black Box Thinking comes from the black box that you get in um, an aeroplane. Um, and he has a really fascinating chapter about how different industries look at failure. And uh, he compares the airline industry with the um, uh, healthcare industry. And uh, and it's a fascinating read. I'll just say that, no spoilers, but it's a really, really interesting read and an interesting approach to business. Oh, it sounds wonderful. I'm definitely going to add that to my reading book list. Yeah. Thank you so much for this. And you know what? Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Uh, you know, we always talk about time and how, you know, it's it's hard to carve it on the day to day. So I really appreciate um, you uh, coming on the podcast and sharing some wonderful tips and, and talking about your experience. So, you know, before we close off, uh, where can people learn more about you uh, and your work? Uh, would it be, is there a website? Is there an, e an email address uh, that you can share? There is, there is. So gunpowderconsulting.com is the website and Small Spark Theory is the podcast, which is on iTunes and I think everywhere else. I think it's on Spotify and SoundCloud, um, most podcast providers. And I'm on LinkedIn and anyone can email me. I'm Lucy at gunpowderconsulting.com and Gunpowder Tweets on Twitter. Wonderful. Perfect. And we'll add that in the podcast notes. So, um, Lucy, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much, Mayan. It's been an absolute pleasure. And um, I'll hope to see you on Small Spark Theory soon. Absolutely. Speak to you soon. <laughs> Take care. Thanks. Thanks.